the Bright Horizons Parenting Podcast, just for ages zero to eight. Get the advice you need from our own early childhood experts, Rachel Robertson and Claire Goss, and make the most out of every chance to teach play and love. Grandparents and other extended family members have the remarkable ability to bring joy to a child's life. When grandparents are actively involved in their grandchild's life, they can provide invaluable support to parents and also become a reliable part of a child's family system. Join Rachel and Claire as they explore the advantages of strengthening your family village and discover effective strategies for navigating moments of conflict. Hi, Claire. Nice to see you again. Hi, Rachel. We are back again for another episode of Teach, Play, Love. We are going to talk a little bit about how to parent your kids, your own children, with your other family members around, maybe grandparents or aunts or uncles. Mm -hmm. um, it, it can be any any family member that plays a role in your life. Um, it, for me, it, uh, the go-to is always the grandparents. I think a lot of people who are raising young children right now do rely on local family to help them in many different mm -hmm. ways, in many different quantities. But um, I mentioned that to a few of our colleagues this week at Bright Horizons that we were gonna that you and I were gonna be talking about grandparents and family and discussing how to parent with these other adults. And people immediately wanted to tell me their their stories. Oh, you know, one time this happened with my mother-in-law, you know, one time my dad and I really got into it over this. So this can be tricky sometimes. Yeah, it can be tricky. It's also it, you know, this is a common phenomenon, which is a good thing because that means many, many people have people in their family or their, their parenting village who are willing to help. Um, of course, there's challenges and we're going to talk about that and, and provide some tips and insights into how to deal with those. But but I it, I think a really important thing is like, this is a good thing in, in, in many cases to have family willing to support and help. And grandparents, you know, or it's mostly grandparents, but it could be anyone um, in the family. Like you said, Claire, they just love that child or your children and they love you. And, you know, so it's all coming from this good place. We would think it's not so complicated, right? We are, we're all adults and we all love the children and we want the best for them. But as we've already alluded to and people um, share quickly, it can be very complicated. Yeah. You, and you, you really do want the village. I mean, unless you've got a really, really troublesome or toxic or traumatic experience with this other family member, in most cases, you're excited to have this extra person, adult in your life, help mm -hmm. you with your child. And, and I think that's important to talk about. There are some real benefits, developmental, social, emotional benefits. So having other family members, and we'll say grandparents, but we're going to let our listeners define who those family members are, or those people in your circle, in your village that are kind of playing that role. Hopefully, you know, you have somebody that plays that role for you, but it's good overall. There's data, there's research that tells us that children with a, a, a bigger support system like that, it can positively affect their well-being. It's never, you can never have too many people that have unconditional love for you, especially as you're in your developing years. It makes a big difference on how you develop, what risks you're willing to take and try and how you develop your identity and confidence. We like It's really good for kids. 
It's good for you to have a support system. It's, it's, it is important. So let's just start with the benefits. So if we keep that in mind, it can feel like maybe less of a hassle sometimes when there's conflict. Um, and you know, this, this time when you have young children, it's emotional and exciting for everybody, but everybody has a different experience and a different perspective. And when those come together, they'll sometimes crash into each other. Right. Um, so yes. it can be, yeah. you know, your parents are still parenting you no matter how old you are. I just, I, I was just, uh, talking to you, Claire, about this in a different conversation is that my, um, dad, my wonderful dad is still often parenting me. And sometimes after, you know, like I'm, I'm, you know, pretty old, <laughs> so I <laughs> but it's just hard. It's hard to stop. And I think I'll do that to my children too. My children are older and I, I yeah. can see my doing the same thing. So all coming from very reasonable, sensible, loving, good intentions place. And I think that's one thing I talk about or advice I give in a lot of situations is just assume yeah. good intent. Like start with that. Like nobody's coming at this like wanting to have conflict and nobody's coming at this wanting to be harmful to the child, especially. Um, and everybody just wants to help. So start that's with that. So Distance yourself true. and just remember that piece if you're if you're dealing with conflict. Yeah, we actually lived um, with a set of grandparents. I'm not going to tell which one to protect the, <laughs> the listeners, but um, we lived with a set of grandparents when I had a three-year-old and a one-year-old for like a few months. We were in between, you know, our housing situation. And that was already, very, like you said, already a very stressful stage of my parenting. We were moving. First mm -hmm. of all, that's, that's stress. And now we're moving into temporary housing, also stress. And then we're moving into temporary housing with a second set of a second set of hands, which was amazing, right? I was grateful I had the village, but in a lot of ways, it made my life so much more complicated. And it's and that's that's what I hear anecdotally from folks I heard it this week, which is I'm so grateful, but they said this and did this, or yeah, 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 yeah it's so great they they can come over and babysit, but then why do they do A, B, C, and X, Y, Z? And it's this mm -hmm. is where it gets real sticky, it gets really right. sticky with that yeah, village. Yeah, it, can, it can be. Yeah. I mean, I should give a shout out to my mother too. While I'm talking about my parents as I lived with my mom off and on when my children were young, um, when I was dealing with some, some uh, transition to single parenting. And I also relied on her heavily as I was growing in my career and traveling, traveling a lot. And my kids have such a special relationship with both mm -hmm. of my parents, but um, it, it was invaluable. It doesn't mean it was easy. It doesn't mean we had exactly the same decisions or choices all the time. I'm sure she had some things she wanted to say to me that she held back on. And, you know, you still have that, that really, there's a relationship there that's different than a hired babysitter or a yeah. early care yeah. education or an education program. There's so much history. Um, and then if you're talking about in-laws, then there's a different, a whole different thing right. going on there. And so you're, you're building on this kind of existing relationship that might have some complexity to it already. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's also, you know, there, you just have some things in that parent-child relationship that you're, you're, especially if you're fortunate enough to know that you have unconditional love for a parent, um, then sometimes you're not as kind, <laughs> for lack of a better word, or you're like kind of let loose a little bit because you, 
you know, they're a sure thing. That's when I, when we just as like kind of a nod to when we talk about teen years, that's something like, it's like a hidden compliment when your kids are mean to you, because it means they know you're still going to love them no matter what. Um, and the same, you know, that kind of dynamic is still exists when we think about grandparents or family members, whatever. So, you, so, so there's some complexity there that's just built in no matter what. Um, but yet, uh, whether, you know, yes, I've heard lots of stories too. I've heard all the way to people like don't want to interact with in-laws or, or grandparents or family members, or they've kind of cut that off. It can get really significant from just kind of annoyances and frustrations to like really damaging a relationship. So, um, yeah, let's try to prevent that from happening. Right. Like let's, if there's anything we can cover today, it's how can we keep this train on the tracks? before a relationship might be severely damaged. So I think we'll just kick off by talking about when you feel that like frustration welling up. And actually this advice goes for the grandparents or the parents in this scenario. Mm -hmm. You feel a frustration welling up. You know, it's kind of like pick your battles, take a step back and ask yourself, how big a deal is this, right? Maybe it's something like you found out that your mom gave your kid three brownies after dinner and you have a policy about no sweets that close to bedtime. Is that a big deal or a little deal? It might feel big to you because you specifically said, please don't do this. And then they did it. But in the grand scheme of your child's life and wellness and health and happiness, it's probably actually really not that big of a deal. Or is it something big? Is it, is it a safety issue? Is it you were driving my kid around town without a seatbelt on or you let them skip their nap and that actually has real health consequences because now they're going to have a disrupted sleep tonight and that's going to disrupt the nap time tomorrow and it's a bigger health issue. So just taking that step back and kind of assessing how how big a deal is this one? Yeah, I think, I mean, that's really important. And and the extra dessert one, you know, on the surface, it's like, I mean, that's really not a big deal. But often what happens is you've told them, please don't do that. And then they did it. And then you told them again, please don't do that. And then they did it again. And you only found out from your child. So it just sort of builds, right? Is there Uh just that kind of different styles so that that's when that can turn into a bigger deal than it needs to be, but understandably why that happens. And I, in, in our, um, kind of, again, I won't out anybody, but in our circle of family that was involved in, with my kids and nephews and are just our family life, we had a time that there was, um, a, a child not in their kind of elementary years was left in a car in a parking lot because that was something that was okay. It was even okay when I was a young babysitter and that's very not okay now. And so that, um, with the best of intentions, right? So that, but that was a big, serious conversation that had to be had and an immediate change of behavior. Whereas Mm -hmm. the extra dessert is a small thing. So just, you know, it can get so emotional. Some of what we're going to say and what we always say is just step back, take some deep breaths. Think about like the, again, that unconditional love and that support system. Mm-hmm. So valuable, so consequential. One extra bounty, even though you've said it multiple times, not that consequential. So just right. kind of try, maybe, maybe even have to take a journal or notes to yourself and just kind of <laughs> remind yourself because again, there's all this like loaded emotion um, that's part of it. And in we as parents are trying to assert our control and our values. And then we have our parents kind of interfering in that or in-laws or whoever it is. And um, so just, again, I keep saying this, but just getting a little distance around it and, and making some kind of a reasonable analysis of what how big of a deal. I think that's, we 
you know, yeah. big deal, little yeah. deal, somewhere in the middle is a good assessment. <laughs> I think another thing to point out is that kids are actually really smart and they are pretty flexible and they know mm-hmm. that there are different rules in their life for different settings, right? The same way yep. you're allowed to run around and screaming and kicking things on the playground. You're not allowed to do that in the library. They know that there are certain mm-hmm. things that you do at home that you do not do at school and vice versa. They also mm-hmm. know that there are some things that fly at grandma and grandpa's house that don't fly at home with mm-hmm. mom or dad. So yep. they, they will got, pick up on this. They definitely will. They understand the difference of relationships. They understand. They even understand in the same household, right? So if you have two adults in the household or siblings or whatever, we all adapt without even really thinking about it for the space and place we're in. That's good. That's good cognitive flexibility. We want kids to be able to do that and they can. And so also, you know, sometimes maybe they watched more television or a movie um, at a grandparent's house and you would say, oh, that's way over screen time, but it's a one-time thing. You know, again, is that big little somewhere in the middle deal um, that it, it's good to think about because again, the kids, kids won't say, won't think that all of a sudden the rules are going to change at home just because they got to do something at someone else's house. Um, they might ask, they might ask. <laughs> they will ask. Part that's part of their job to do that is to push the boundaries, but that doesn't mean they'll, they really expect it. Did you know that you can get the Teach, Play, Love brand of learning for your preschooler every day? The very people you trust for parenting advice are behind our Bright Horizons preschool program. Learning adventures that inspire kids to reach their unique potential. One-of-a-kind preschool for your one-of-a-kind kid. That's Bright Horizons. Enrollment is happening now. Visit brighthorizons.com to find a center near you. So I think, you know, we've said this before, but pausing to recognize why this conflict can happen can be really helpful and help you build some empathy. And that coming into this again with perspective and rationality and um, setting some of the emotion aside and then just empathy for that person's role in your life. So here's the situation. If we're just talking about grandparents or an older generation is things have changed. So they're not as competent or confident. They know things are changing. Things are changing actually really rapidly, more rapidly. There's more ways to get advice, good and bad advice than ever before. Um, These folks were your parents in some cases or somebody's parents in some cases. And so they feel like they did okay. And it's sort of, they have all this lived experience you know, all of us as parents give each other advice. We have lived experience we want to share with other people. So that's happening. They were yeah. in charge of raising young people at one point. So there's a level of, you know, competence. They want to feel like they were good at that. And um, and to be kind of told that they're not or sort of isolated into a, you don't know much. I just want you to follow my rules is, is hard. That would be hard for anyone. That would be hard in a workplace environment. Yeah. It is hard yeah. in a workplace. Yeah. They love yeah. this little person so much. And in many cases, especially if they're your parents, they love you so much Mm. and they don't have a lot of control in the situation. You could take that child away. You could move away. I did that to my parents and I apologize regularly for that. Um, (laughs) you 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 can do all sorts of things and they can't control it. And so this is, you know, having empathy for the situation that they're in is, is good and helpful. Um, I think when, you know, we talked about the safety issue, the other thing is to just really kind of figure out what your values are. So you may have different values than those uh, parents or in-laws or whoever we're talking about here in your life. 
And that's when things really get rough, when they're bumping up against your values. Again, the safety issues, of course, but um, so really clarifying what those things are so you can talk about them. Um, and so you can you can set yourself, is this annoying or is this consequential? Is this making a big difference or a little difference? Um, but if it's that value thing, um, you know, again, acknowledging safety is number one. But if it's bumping up against your values, I think that's a, that's where most of the conflict happens. And so so like your value might be really healthy eating or no sugar, and then they're they're violating that value. So then it becomes a bigger deal. And understanding mm -hmm. those things and talking about them proactively is going to help quite a bit. Yes, the proactive, that's like my biggest tip is if you even sense tension happening around a certain area of parenting, um, just address it as soon as possible, mm -hmm. because the longer you let it go, the more resentment's going to build for you. They might be feeling some resentment to you as well. Just air it out, have a conversation, um, be, be proactive about that. And I, I you've already mentioned this, but just assuming that good intent, Rachel, because it really, it, it, like it, I, I don't know all of your families, but I know I know enough families to say that they really do just love your kid. They want to love your kid, right? And they're doing it the way that they know best. So the intention is good, even if the execution is not exactly right. what you want to yeah. see. Yep, exactly. So, I mean, and there's some, sometimes they're pushovers. I mean, a lot of people say being a grandparent is the best thing because you don't have to deal with some of the behavior issues or some of the, the bigger challenges. And, and they, I mean, they like to do to be the one that does a few extra special things and treats and things. So maybe talk about that proactively where it works for both of you. Like where can you give a little bit? Where can it be, you know, every time you go to grandma's house, like my grandma had <laughs> treats in these glass jars on her counter. That was like one of my favorite things to do to go to her house and have those treats. I didn't expect my mom to buy them. I'm sure I asked for them home but that was like a grandma's house thing so you know you want that kind of special moments and some things and so where can you bend and it's going to be different for everybody but maybe you come up with those things together so you're giving a little bit they get to do the thing they want they want yeah. to be that special person and they want to have some special fun things like one of my um my mother-in-law used to take pick up my daughter and take her to story time at at um a bookstore and that was just a wonderful thing for them to be able to do together we figured out of like a good thing that i liked i wanted for my child and she was special only she got to do that with my child and that was really a successful pairing and we talked about it ahead of time so she wasn't doing something i i didn't think was a good idea and i felt really I was fine not doing that with my daughter. So it could be their kind of special thing. So that can, yeah. that can be really helpful. I love that idea. And I think when it comes to the tough conversations, if it gets to the point where you're like, I'm picking my battles, but this is a battle I have to fight. This is important mm -hmm. to me. It's a safety issue. It's a values issue. Addressing it soon is important, but what, that actual conversation that you have to have so many of us, myself included, Sometimes not great at those difficult conversations. I'm getting better mm -hmm. at them. But mm -hmm. the biggest thing is back to your original point, Rachel, is flex that empathy muscle. Imagine you're going to a colleague at work who's an expert in your field, a, a, co a coworker. Okay. You both, like with Rachel, if I was to come to you and say, listen, I don't think you know anything about child development. I think you're lousy to education. And let me tell you all the things I disagree with. That would not go well for us, that would damage our relationship. <laughs> 
there would be some respect lost. There'd be some bad feelings. But if I come to you as a colleague and say, listen, you're an expert too. We're both experts. So that's that's who your the grandparents are in this situation. They are also experts on kids. They did this. They made it all the way through something you haven't even done yet. Sometimes I think about my parents and I'm like, you did this the whole decades of decades of parenting. I mean, that's exhausting. Right. So right, right. respect to you. You get respect mm-hmm. for me just for having raised me. <laughs> I would I that, that that was a tough job and you did it. So yeah, let's start yeah. this from a from a from a almost like a colleague perspective. We're in the trenches together. You've been there. I'm in it now. We both love this kid. We're on the same team. And just starting mm-hmm. difficult conversations from that angle eases some of that tension right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of a meme I saw that said, oh, don't worry. Only the first 40 years of parenting are the hardest. Um, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's true. I mean, so they're still parenting. You know, there's parent, parents don't stop parenting because no. the child is moved out of the house. So I can I can claim that for sure. Um, but in, it's just a different kind of relationship. And you don't want yeah. to. You don't want to stop parenting either. So you have to find that place that is healthy and successful and positive for everybody. The other thing you can do is find places to ask their advice. So again, using this Mm. colleague example, I think that's everyone can relate to that. If a a new person comes in and immediately starts telling you how what you're doing does does not work and actually is outdated and there's new stuff to know. And I mean, nobody would respond well to that. And that's what Mm -hmm. it sort of feels like with a whole bunch of other emotional, um, you know, I don't want to say the word baggage because it's not always baggage, but there's like a whole right. history there of emotional yeah. um, relationship. So where can you ask this person's advice? Where can you find those places mm. where they do have a sense of control or what do you think I should do about this? Whether or not you apply it um, and same this again, I'm going to say it. We hope some grandparents or family members listen to this to do the other way. How would you like me to do this? Be really respectful to those values that that um, that your child or your the the, the parent of the young children is expressing. Yeah. So yeah. you have this mutual respect and you're finding these places that you can say, OK, this can be your territory. And actually, I'm going to come to you for advice here. And OK, I understand this is your territory and I want to know how I can help you. So a grandparent should say like, what do you, you know, what should I do? What's the role I should play when they're doing something that you don't want them to do, or that is difficult for me to manage, like help me make sure that I'm matching your values. And these kinds of conversations will, it's a kind, you know, if you're co-parenting, you definitely need to have these conversations there. So it's the same thing, like a town hall for your village, right? You just, you need to have the village, a village, an actual village doesn't work well if no one's communicating. So this kind of village won't work well either if no one's communicating. That's right. So I think our best advice is just, again, that reminder that you're all on the same team. You're on team your kid or your grandkid or your niece, nephew, whomever, you're all on that team. You all want the same thing for this child to be loved and supported. So rather than looking at this as an oppositional situation, it's, it's, let's get on the same page. Let's remain on the same team. This child is so loved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you want, you know, when there's emotional, there's other reasons besides the things I said at the beginning, you know, when you're, um, when you have a challenge in your family or the child is a family, you're building their village for them too. They have other people they can rely on. If they're having a tough time with you at home, which will probably happen, they have a 
kind of a safe space to go to if they need or a safe person to rely on another adult in their lives. Again, one thing I say um, to educators is it is imperative that every child have one person at minimum that 100% loves them and believes in them. And it's fantastic if they have more than one. So as an educator, we absolutely have to be that person for every child, but their parents should be that too. Their grandparents should be that too. As many people as you can get, close family, friends, relatives, aunts, uncles, take take who you can get that yeah. will love this child with you because that's really important for lifelong health and wellness. I, we do probably need to say a bit about the when it gets really extreme because there are some situations when like sometimes there's a real conflict in values or behaviors or maybe there's a real conflict in the parent or the relationship you have with your parents that get to a place um, maybe maybe where a parent a grandparent says something that they believe in front of your children that you adamantly don't believe in. Um, it could be religion, it could be politics, it could be any of these things that get people really heated and in, in their own corners. And that can be really tricky. And, and I, I think, you know, there's a couple ways you can handle this in the, in the moment you can have a phrase ready to go, something like that's one way of looking at it, or, um, you know, that's a different view than I have, or something just sort of to confirm in front of your children that you're not just endorsing a belief that or a, a way of um, thinking or acting that is really against the values you've instilled in your children and that you yeah. live by. You don't have to say anything, but you could in that moment say something sort of neutral like that. Um, and then and then you can talk about it later without vilifying the person. So mm -hmm. I just want to talk to you a little bit about something that um, you maybe heard grandpa say today. And let's just talk about that with, you know, without it being about grandpa, it's about the thing that they said. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think that's, again, that's, that's probably one of the hardest scenarios people are finding themselves in. And again, I, you know, I was, uh, some people are, you know, okay with a child hearing different points of view. Some people aren't okay with it. So you're going to have to decide where you are on that. But um, in any tricky situation, it's good to have a couple go-to phrases. It's sort of, yeah express how you're feeling without creating some sort of conflict. Yeah. I think that's really important. And if you, if you have that conversation with your child and you're feeling good about it, that's, that's great, but you still may need to go back and touch base with the family member who said the thing mm -hmm. so that you can avoid further, again, resentments from building up anger, stickiness in yeah. general. If you do that, if you decide to go back to the grandparent and say, Hey, that was really tough moment that we had at dinner the other night when you said this thing and it made me uncomfortable. And, you know, if you mm -hmm. decide to have that conversation, just try to do it not with your child present because they don't need to be picking up on the tension and stress that's probably going might that is likely to ensue. It doesn't mean that the relationship is going to be damaged. It might end up being a fine conversation. It might end up being a difficult conversation. Either way, you're going to keep that stress away from your child if possible. Because again, from their perspective, these are all just a bunch of adults who really love me and they like spending mm -hmm. time with me. Yeah. And that was a weird moment at dinner the other night, but it's okay because everyone is still going to support me and love me no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want children to have to choose between people that love them and that they love. That's, that's a really hard situation and it's not in any way helpful for children. Being prepared for that is really important and knowing how you're going to handle it in the moment or, and having that honest conversation. Again, using all those things we've been talking about. So one, 
value the village, whoever's in the village, build the village, do whatever you can do. Grandparents are often a major part of that and just recognize how valuable and important they can be in a child's life. Have those proactive conversations. Think about your values and where your kind of line in the sand is or where the hills you're going to die on. Try to think of those ahead of time so you can talk about them. Let this person have a little say or some special moments or a little control or get their advice, you know, engage them in the conversation instead of just telling them, you know, they're different than a babysitter. Don't just give them a list of phone numbers and rules and then, you know, engage them. They're part of this child's life in a very loving, meaningful way and yours too. And, and then be prepared for when, when you're going to have, if you have those conflicts, you know, how you can have them head on with that empathy, empathy and assume good intent could say, you know, can I just talk to you about that? What you said at dinner the other night, I, I, I appreciate that this is your point of view and I, that, but, but for us, you know, those, those good I statements for us, this is what it means for us, not about yeah. you did this wrong and you said this wrong. So I think that good intent we're all in this together. We all love this child. And that's a good thing that'll, that'll get you through a lot of this. And, and, um, and hopefully you can have a lot of fun with your, with your, um, network as well. Gives you a little break and you can enjoy and maybe learn a few things from your parents. As Rachel and Claire just shared, while some parenting methods have changed throughout the years, open communication and trust can go a long way in fostering warm family relationships. Teaming up with grandparents can bring benefits to the whole family and foster unforgettable memories for everyone. Get parenting advice from Rachel and Claire. You can leave them a voicemail by calling 617-673-8881 and your question may be answered in a future episode of Teach Play Love. You can also send them an email at teach.playlove at brighthorizons.com. For more expert guidance on early childhood development, check out our family resources at brighthorizons.com. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to us. Find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time on Teach, Play, Love. And discover parenting as the joy it was meant to be.